The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Form, hey? Wouldn't be a Sunday with me preaching without me forgetting to bring something with me. Enough from me, let's hear from the Lord. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 21. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. And they went, that is Jesus and his disciples, into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed. So that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew. Loving Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and I just pray that your Holy Spirit, who inspired the writing of these words, would be at work in our hearts, interpreting them for us this morning, in Jesus' name. As we've already seen uh, throughout the start of Mark's Gospel, it's pacey, isn't it? It's got a real 
speed to it. Already as the text, as we've been going through, it's moved us through from Jesus arriving on the scene and starting his ministry, calling his disciples, and now we are in Capernaum, and Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. The events of our, our passage this morning happens on one Sabbath day. All that's mentioned there on one Sabbath day, he crams along in, doesn't he? Immediately or at once are words that appear five times in our passage. Now when we we go through a story of such pace, it's important for us to notice the pauses. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to seek to notice the pauses in this story that Mark has recorded for us. We're going to do this because in these slower times, if we're willing to slow down and take time to look a bit deeper at these things recorded, we will see how Jesus is and brings good news to those around him there. We will see how Jesus is and brings good news for us. How Jesus is and brings good news for you. Let's get into it. The day starts out normal enough, but Jesus is going to bring about a new normal for those in Capernaum. Jesus and his disciples are in their local synagogue. And Jesus has been given the honor of teaching from uh, the Old Testament scriptures, known as the Law and the Prophets, for they bookend the Old Testament scriptures. Immediately, they're in the synagogue and Jesus is teaching. And then in verse 22, we notice there's a pause. We notice that as Jesus is teaching, those in the synagogue listening to him are astonished at his teaching. Wow! How often have you been been astonished at your teacher's teaching? Hey? Doug gets it all the time. His students are always astonished at his teaching of maths. Why are they astonished? Well, Jesus teaches not like their normal teachers. See, Jesus teaches with authority. Jesus' teaching has made them sit up and notice, yet they've left their jaws on the floor. They notice something about Jesus' teaching that is different, and Mark doesn't actually report for us what. Jesus taught in this instance. Because that's not what seems to have stuck with those who heard his teaching. The point that Mark wants to note is that not what Jesus taught, but how he taught. The authority that his teaching had. See, Jesus possesses in himself an authority that comes out in his teaching. 
his teaching is not the same as what they used to. Not the same as the scribes, as the experts in the law. Jesus' teaching is out of the ordinary. The reason it's out of the ordinary is not just because people don't fall asleep during his teaching, much like you might do during class, much as you might do during the Sunday service. Jesus' teaching is different because his authority came from within himself. See, the, the scribes and the experts of the law at the time, they would cite other Pharisees, other scribes, other, other teachers of the law. They would cite other traditions that they had in order to validate and give a sense of authority to what they're saying. When Jesus spoke, he didn't just repeat what others had said. No, when Jesus spoke, he spoke the very words of God. He was able to speak and teach as though these words were his own words. And he had the right and freedom to do so because he spoke as God's man. Scribes, unlike the teachers of the law, Jesus would speak for God, not just about Him. Mark has allowed us to pause here in verse 22, but He doesn't allow us to rest because we need to see that Jesus is more than just an authoritative teacher. He doesn't just have the authority to speak for God. Jesus is also an authoritative practitioner. He has the authority to perform the works of God, to bring about change in people's lives. Not only did Jesus keep people awake while he was teaching, he also confronted impure spirits. All who heard it, especially the impure spirits, when they heard Jesus teach, they were confronted. Jesus drew them out as poison is drawn from a wound. Look at verses 23 and 24 with me. Immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus? Of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Who knows how many Sabbath sermons this impure spirit sat through untaken? How many times have heard the law and the prophets taught without any personal impact? See, when Jesus turns up and teaches, something different happens. It all changes. In the presence of Him on whom the Holy Spirit rests, the impure spirit is confronted and challenged, and it breaks its cover. 
and being itself exposed, the impure spirit tries to expose Jesus, giving voice to his earthly and heavenly titles in an attempt to use that knowledge to somehow gain some leverage over Jesus. Possibly its hope is to avoid the destruction that it knows can come at the hand of Jesus. But in doing so, in revealing Jesus' true identity, the impure spirit will leave those gathered at the synagogue with a fundamental piece of information that they need for them to answer the what is question that they will ask in verse 27. Because friends, in order to properly wrestle with questions of Jesus' authority, those gathered must also consider what Jesus' authority says about his identity. His identity is the Messiah, the Holy One of God. See, God has described himself as the Holy One of Israel when speaking of delivering his people in the Old Testament in particular. Isaiah 29 and 41 provides with good examples of this. Look with me at Isaiah 41, verses 13 and 14. God says to his people, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand, and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob, little Israel. Do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One. not the only title that impure spirits give to Jesus. They also call him the Son of God in chapter 3 of Mark. In chapter 5, he's called Son of the Most High God. But having these titles, what does Jesus do as the Holy One of God? Jesus sets people free. He writes the wrong. He undoes the effects of the fall, the dominion of Satan over this world. Sort of like a, a chiropractor might do for someone who comes to them with a, with a problem. I remember watching a YouTube video about this young man who was pulling a root out of the ground and it threw his back out in a major way where he couldn't stand upright anymore. He was folded over in half. He's in pain. He goes to a chiropractor, and over a few visits, the chiropractor realigns his spine, unknots his muscles so he can stand, stand upright. He undoes the effects of what the injury had done to this young man. Maybe you've, you know that from personal experience, what it is to endure pain and suffering to the, something that's been with you for a while to the point where it's become a new normal for you. It's what you've come to accept as normal and you've forgotten what life used to be like. You need a practitioner 
to come and realign your body to bring about a new normal for you. It's what Jesus does here. Like a seamstress that unpicks some false stitches so that something can be remade anew. Jesus undoes the effects of sin in this world. And with his words, just his words, he sets a man free. Jesus rebukes the impure spirit and says, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And again, everyone there gathered are amazed, so they start to question among themselves, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. There's something worth talking about, isn't it? See Jesus with just his words. Be silent. Come out of him. Satan's dominion is no more in that place. Because Jesus has the authority, the power, and the will to restore creation, to restore humanity to what it is supposed to be. The effects of the fall on humanity are being undone in Jesus. We see through this casting out of the impure spirit that Satan has been bound by Jesus. His rule, his dominion over the earth is not absolute. His influence does not go unchecked. The world is not unraveling like a woolen garment might when its thread gets caught. No, Jesus is unpicking the threads that have been sewn wrong. And he's remaking something, showing us a new kind of normal. Whatever the disciples base their following of Jesus on, they're starting to see that who they are following is, is bigger, is more than what they originally thought. And Jesus' feeling of Peter's mother-in-law adds more weight to that. You see in verses 29 to 31. Let's again take another quick pause here for a moment. So there are both physical and theological factors that we need to note when looking at Jesus' healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Physically, the healing happens at a time that is pre-antibiotics, pre-Sudafed. We don't, they're not blessed with the same medicines that we have today. But Jesus doesn't prescribe anything 
disappointed. He doesn't say, well, we just have to let the virus run its course. What does Jesus do? He came, Peter's mother in law, he took her by the hand and he lifted her up. That's it. He comes, takes her by the hand and lifts her up. And what happens? The fever leaves her immediately. And she is restored to, to full strength immediately. Think about that. It's not a case of, oh, I'm glad that it, this fever is now gone, that my body is, has poured off this fever. I can now regain my strength, spend another couple of days in bed, and then I'll be right to go about my business. No. Immediately he lifts her up and she serves him. Fully, completely healed and restored. See, theologically, this healing happens at a time when fever is understood to be a punishment sent by God to those who violated the covenant. Leviticus 26. God says, I will bring on you sudden terror, wasting diseases and fever that will destroy your sight and sap your strength. Your plants seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. Those gathered in Peter's house here, they understand that when you have a fever, it's a punishment by God because you've done something wrong. But not only, therefore, is it a sin as a punishment by God, for someone to have that punishment removed, it's got to be an act of God as well, doesn't it? Being set free from this fever needs to be something that God alone does or his agent. Put yourself in that room as part of the crowd for a moment. Jesus is doing what only God has the authority to do. He's not only doing it in the lives of one demon-possessed man, of one sick man. No, it's like the whole area. Those who are sick and possessed with impure spirits are gathering to the house. They're being drawn to Jesus. He is casting out many spirits. He is healing many who are sick. He is undoing the effects of the fall, which was ground zero when creation started to get twisted out of shape. It was ground zero, the fall where Satan started to get a foothold into humanity, where he sunk his teeth into it and started to oppress it. Jesus comes and goes about a great undoing. He brings about a new normal that is available for all who will accept it. 
Jesus possesses in himself. Authority to speak the words of God. To bind Satan and drive out his foot soldiers. To heal sickness. And to bring blessing instead of curse. Jesus possesses in himself, friends, authority to restore relationship with God. See, he does more than just announce God's coming kingdom. He actualizes it. He makes it a reality in the lives of individuals. You know that to be true. Does your life bear witness to Jesus' authority to speak to God? Does it bear witness to Jesus' authority to bind Satan, to drive out his influence in your life? Does your life bear witness to Jesus' authority to heal? to bring blessing where there is curse. I encourage us to take a few moments now, this morning, to allow the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts, to examine our lives. Take a few moments and consider in these moments now where do you need to hear the words of God? Maybe you've been believing a lie about how God sees you. You've been believing a lie of what God requires of you in order to love God. Well, maybe what you need is to be set free Is there an area in your life that you've allowed Satan to get a foot up? Maybe there's an addiction that's exerting control over you. Maybe there's a habit that is to allow the Holy Spirit to confront us and to compel these things to be drawn out of us. To be brought out in the open and given to Jesus and allow Him to deal with it. To allow that impurity to be dealt with by Him to have him say, be silent. Come out of here. Be silent, come out of here. Because that is what he has come to do. He has the power and the authority 
to release us from the things with which Satan would use to have a foothold in our lives. Do you believe that? Yeah? Are you willing to pray about that, to offer that to God and say, God, Jesus, will your spirit have its way in me? Here is something that is binding me up. And only you can undo it. Only you can right this wrong. Are you willing to allow Jesus to do that today? Or maybe for you this morning, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to make you an agent of God's blessing. Maybe there's an opportunity that he is giving you to bless others that's being resisted. Are you willing to open yourself up to that opportunity today? Are you willing to can you just lay that before the Lord and say, Lord, is there something you're calling me to do? To step out and be a blessing to someone else. Friends, we need to be in awe of these pause moments, in awe of the activities of Jesus in these moments, because it is so simple, isn't it? He's silent. Is that the words you need to hear today? Or maybe. He's wanting to come to you, to take you by the hand and to lift you up today. It is simple for Jesus to do these things. Are you willing to let him do that to you? If you'd like prayer about something after the service this morning, I'll be waiting down the front. Why don't you just come along, have a chat. Loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments that you give us to pause. And that we're honest, Lord, that we should take more moments to pause and allow your word to speak to us. Father, we're taken back by the simplicity the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we have seen anew this morning that he has the authority to speak for you. Or that he has the power to bring about the kingdom of God in reality in our lives today. And not just that. What he shows us he also has the will to do it. The Lord Jesus, you stand offering yourself to us to undo the effects of the fall in our life, to, to undo the brokenness in our relationship with you, to restore us 
to right relationships with the God of the universe. Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be active and powerfully at work in us today. Draw things out of us that need to be drawn out. Lead us to take your hand and be lifted up by you. And use us to be a blessing for those around us. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.